This morning, I have the privilege to introduce a friend of mine who'll be sharing today, uh, Kevin Hollinger, or otherwise known as Dr. Kevin Hollinger. He doesn't like go by that, but uh, as a friend of mine, he, he has been the pastor over at uh, Edgewood Baptist about the last eight years. He's been a pastor for 30 years around different parts of the country. And what I love so much about Kevin is in the, the time that he's been pastoring, his real passion has been engaging in the local community and doing so many different things to engage, in, 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 whether it be in... Um, uh, with, with neighbors on a political level, on so many areas to be able to engage and pour into the local community and receive from the community and to make sure the church is actually engaging with their neighbors in different ways. And it's been, he's been a, a kind of a coach to me in this season since I've been here. Uh, but recently he's actually uh, left Edgewood and stepped into a broader role of working with Converge, which is the, the conference we're a part of in church strengthening, helping us. And so one of the ways he's doing is being here today to be able to bless us as we continue through Ephesians. So Dr. Kevin... Go on and, and come on up. Uh, we, we look forward to hearing what you have to say. Thanks, brother. Whenever I get ready to preach, I pray. I pray that the Lord would speak through me. That the Word of God would be spoken clearly. And that anything that comes from my mouth that's not according to God's word, which, which happens in our fallenness, right, would be forgotten. You wouldn't remember that. But what is true, what is in accordance with God's word, what God has spoken to us would dwell in us richly and change us profoundly. Amen? And I was with a group of pastors, and we were talking about what we pray before we preach. And I said, I, I pray that. And, and he said, well, that's really, really cool. I'm going to start doing that. And I felt pretty good that, that he had uh, said that. You know, we always like it when people take our advice, don't we? And then it's, it's like the Holy Spirit said to me, why don't you ask him what he does? And so he said, what do you do before you preach? He goes, well, I'm going I'm to add that. I go, yeah, yeah, but what do you do? He said, before I preach, while the last song is going, I look out at the congregation and I pray, God, help me to really love them. Help me to really love them. What a beautiful thing. And so ever since I said that, that's, that's my prayer, is that, that, that I would speak according to the word of God and that I would love the people I'm speaking to. That's, that's the heart of what the Lord wants us to do as we talk today about spiritual battle. I believe something powerful happens when the Holy Spirit moves and the Word of God is proclaimed. And I think we, as I go around and talk at various churches, what I find is sometimes we have started to get a little too concerned about ourselves and not as concerned as we should be about the glory of God. Amen? I uh, love lobster. Anybody else here love lobster? My wife is an East Coast girl, and whenever we go out on the East Coast, I've, I've got to have lobster. I don't have to have it, but I love lobster. So we're out at this restaurant having lobster. I'm sitting at the table, and over here is a family, and the eight-year-old, about eight-year-old, is complaining about the taste of the lobster. And his father says to him, oh, just put more ketchup on it. (laughs) 
I wanted to save that boy's lobster. Say, I'll get you the mac and cheese. Give me your lobster. Why do I say that? What's the relevance here? My prayer today also is that I get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit work. I don't want to be catch up on the Word of God. So as we get into the Word today, as we read, what the first thing I'm going to do is read this passage of Scripture. Okay? No comment. We'll make comment later. We're just going to read it. And I'm going to ask you to do this. The psalmist prayed that God would show him wonderful things in the Word of God. Will you do that? Will you pray, God, God help me to see wonderful things from your Word. Help me to understand your Word. Give me, give me ears to hear what you're saying today to me. You pray that right now. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And we also pray that God will just help us to get ourselves out of our own way. Dear Lord, we just we just pray for the moving of your spirit as we look to your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and the people said, we get right into it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and his shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God, praying at all time, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayers and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. You see that the Lord has something for us in his word today? There's many battles in this life, is there not? I don't know what battles you're going through, but I know you're going through them. And there's a spiritual dimension to them. So much we could say here. here here's my first point. We're commanded here to find your strength. We're to find our strength in the Lord and put on the whole armor of God. Do you see that? Find your strength in the Lord. I'm just going to read it again. Ephesians 6, 10, 11. Finally be strong in the, what's it say? In the Lord. 
and in the strength of his might. Isn't that what you've seen in Ephesians if you walk through it? Is, is James helping you trying to live and love like Jesus? That, that we need to be grounded and rooted in the love of Christ. We need to understand that, that if, you've, if you've come to Christ as your Lord and Savior, you, you, you've downloaded the Holy Spirit app. And let's use that, okay? Put on the whole armor of God. Put on one of it, all of it. Don't just pick which pieces you like and, and disregard the others. Put all of it on that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, the deceits. The Scripture says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Now here's the thing, uh, this sermon, when James said, I saw that you preached through this passage. Yeah, I did a summary sermon after doing six sermons before that, I think it was. So we're not going to get, he told me I don't get to do six sermons all in one sitting here, so we're not going to do that. But uh, there's some great resources out there uh, for you, but Here's what I found, and I'm going to say this often in the sermon. George Verwer, anybody know that name? Founder of Operation Mobilization. George came to, to Bethel to speak uh, when I was at Bethel uh, College, and I was, I was excited to hear him, hear him speak. And he got up, and, he, and, he, and what he said is, my life hasn't been right with the Lord recently, so I didn't spend a lot of time preparing my sermon. I went and I walked by the lake and I prayed to get right with God. That's never left me. And then he said, all the students there, he said, he said, listen, most of you are educated beyond your obedience level. You don't need to hear nothing, anything new from me. You need to apply what you already know. Now, why do I say that after the first point? Because I, I think sometimes we go, yeah, yeah, I get it. Find your strength in the Lord and put on the full armor of God. I've heard that before. The question isn't if you've heard it, but are you applying it? Do you know how to do it? What's it look like to walk through that? And that's what we want to talk about today. And let me just make a couple of comments here about this. Finally, when he says finally, the word there, I won't get, get into the Greek too much, but henceforth or from this point forward. So it's connected with all you've learned in Ephesians so far. And if you haven't been for those sermons, it's great to look through Ephesians. There's all kinds of resources. I'm sure the church here would be more than happy to show you some resources there and to go back and through the sermons that you guys have done there. Finally, means in connection with and conclusion to what has already been said in the letter. To be strong in the Lord and his might, that, that means we receive power from God through Christ's redeeming work and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. You've already seen that if you've walked through Ephesians, and if this is your first sermon, I, I encourage you just, like you did before, open your Bibles and read through Ephesians and walk through his, his discussion there. And understand that we find our strength in the Lord. What does that mean? It means, first of all, acknowledging the fact that, that we are sinful people and we need a Savior. Sinful, what's that mean? We do things that we shouldn't. They're not in the line with the character of God. And we need, we need a Savior. And if we ask Christ to save us, we're saved by grace. Unmerited favor. That's what that means. He, he gives us a gift. And we can receive that. And that has life transformation power. I love to say we are saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. Amen? So, but the power is in the Lord. But let me avoid, point C here, this helps us avoid another uh, error here, when he says, put on the full armor of God. That means we're not merely passive recipients. We're commanded to put it on. It's yours in the Lord, but put it on. Here, here's one I, I like to say to people. Faith is always active. Amen? 
Faith isn't something you don't do anything. Faith does something. Grace does something. It has an impact. I believe that when we pray, as we'll see later, we pray, and that empowers us to act as Christ would want us to act. Amen? It doesn't make it unnecessary to do what he's asked us to do. All right. I'm going to go to point two, so we're putting on that. This this is key to me as I've gone around to to churches here. Um, Point two, we are not, we're not in a physical or cultural war with sinners. Everybody got wrapped around the axle so much on this COVID thing. I go to churches, we had all kinds of pastoral (laughs) transitions and all kinds of stuff in churches. Everybody's wrapped around the axle, right? Uh, Don't be mistaken. I'm not saying that what the word says doesn't have an impact on what some call political issues. It does. It'll it'll affect every area of your life, how you see life and and how you see all these things will be impacted. Absolutely. It saturates every area of life. But let's remember that that the war we're in is not against these sinful people. It's a spiritual battle. You do not battle against flesh and blood. Did you hear that said? Do we live that way? It makes such a difference in your life if you start to see that we're in a spiritual battle. And I know we could spend a long time what that means and what it looks like. That would be a whole other series because so many people have misunderstandings of what that looks like. There's a spiritual dimension. And we're, we're coming against e- evil forces. That's the point. We're not in a physical or cultural war with sinners. We are in a spiritual war with, with evil spiritual forces, the devil and his demons, which, you know, I, I thought in a sermon you get a whole time, sometimes people say, I, I don't know if I believe in that stuff. Here's what, what I know. It's real. And, and, I, and, I, and I have a belief, I don't have to always be arguing for what's real if... if if we pray for God to open your eyes, you'll see there's a spiritual battle going on. And there's spiritual forces. Just let me read it to you again. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In other words, the spiritual forces in, in the spiritual dimension, right? So third point. Get your, so we've seen we're getting our strength from the, from the Lord. We're realizing what kind of battle we're in. Right? And then he says this, the whole armor, point three. The whole armor is given so we can stand firm and withstand the evil day. There's been all kinds of discussion. What's the evil day? Since that day, that period of time since when Christ left to when he's returning. There's a, Ephesus, is, if, you, if you look and you do some study of Ephesus, it was a dark city. There was a lot of um, false worship and, and demonic activity and there's been rioting there. He, he's, he's saying, look, if you want to stand up, up in there, how do I handle this? Do you guys ever feel there's some evil in the day we live in? You ever feel, hey, this is what I'm going to do. So what he says is, rant and rave and yell at people. It doesn't say to do that. When, when everybody else is running for the panic button, when everybody else is freaking out, the man, the woman of God should stand 
firm in confidence that their God is not scared. They, they have been loved by God. They have been called by God. They've been equipped by God. He's given you the full armor. So put it on. I was a volunteer fireman uh, at the first church. James mentioned I love to get out in the community, and the opportunity there was to be a volunteer fireman and a first responder. And when we would go to a fire and get all our gear on, while we're driving to the fire, there's somebody inspecting me to make sure the armor, everything I have in my fire equipment is on right. That no skin is showing because you don't want to get a burn. It's a little gap in it, right? You just start driving along looking, okay, got everything on good, right? Isn't that the sense like, let's look at this armor, let's make sure you put it on. We spent less time ranting and more time putting on our armor. I think we'd be a lot better place. Here's Ephesians 6, 13 through 17. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all (laughs) to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and of putting on the breastplate of righteousness and his shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the spirit and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen? I got a picture of this guy here. Um, I'm not going to go through. You couldn't read it anyway. I borrowed the slide from another church, and I'm not going to go through his points. It just kind of gave me a visual of, this is this check. I used to do, still do, every morning I like to do an armor check. Belt of truth, yeah, so forth. You know, belt, belt, belt of righteousness, element of salvation, Sword of the Spirit, feet ready with the gospel of peace. So let's, let's, I'm going to go ahead and just move on. We're going to walk through these. The, the belt of truth. Truth is a friend of kindness. Do you believe that? Some people say, I, I'd rather be kind than, than true. But look, when I go to the doctor, I want a kind doctor, don't you? But I also want one who's going to tell me the truth. Right? When my wife was diagnosed with cancer, and praise the Lord, she's cancer-free now, and when the doctor's saying, well, it's, I, I don't know, it might be cancer, might not, we don't really, I don't really know, but I'm really nice to you. Here's some cookies. and You want somebody who's going to speak truth, but we want also somebody who's going to do it with love that cares. So we should love truth and kindness, living in... Loving like Jesus means living genuineness and truth. That's the only thing I wa- that's the other thing I want to say here. I just want to point out that the, the, the scriptural word for truth is it's more than just being honest and speaking truth. It's also living a genuine life. It's, not, it's, it's the duplicity that kills people, right? Now, I hear a lot of people over the years who say, um, I don't go to the church because there's too many hypocrites there. And we need to be concerned about hypocrisy. That's when people pre- to pretend to be what they're not. I will say this, I always ask people, well, can you tell me where you can go where there aren't hypocrites? Right? I say, don't tell me the bar, because the only reason you say that is because you think I haven't been in a bar. (laughs) There's a lot of lying going on in a bar. Somebody said, I'm afraid to say amen to that. Okay. Okay. 
I'm not going to touch it. Let's move along. The next piece of armor is the breastplate of righteousness. And, and I want to move quickly, but uh, boy, it's a righteousness that's given to us by Christ. Amen? In 2 Corinthians 5.21, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Did you catch it? For, who, for our sake, it's our good. You want to be righteous. Amen? Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we receive this righteousness, and then it impacts how we live. I don't want to get in the way of the Word of God. I'm just going to read a, 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 a little lengthy passage from Ephesians 5, 1 through 18. You guys worked through that already, but I just want to remind us what's said there. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Let that soak deep. And walk in what? It sounds like, it sounds like James would talk to you about that. As Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. Oh, the sin of covetousness and, evil and envy. Kills a lot of joy, doesn't it? As is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sins of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when, everything, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. A lot I could say there. Here's what, here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. There's this breastplate of righteousness, it's imputed, it's given. We don't, we, Philippians tells us it's not come from a deeds of the law. It's given to us by Christ, but it also does impact how we live our lives, amen? amen. Now, now the one thing, I just want to say this, I'm starting to talk fast because I, 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 there's so much I want to say. Because I get excited about this. I think sometimes people hear this verse and they hear it as condemnation. As a Christian, well, if you're doing that stuff, you're not going. I, I want you to hear it as hope. I want you to hear, he who began a good work will bring it to its day of completion. You know, here's the thing. <laughs> My goal in life, and I hope it's your goal in life, is to be more like Jesus every day and less like a jerk. <laughs> Amen? And I, I don't know about you, but I still got some jerk that shows up some days. 
Well, every day I'm going to try to kill that joke, right? right? You know, one of the things I had to do to get ready for this sermon today is apologize to my son for, for yelling at him for dropping something in the garage and saying, it's not, not bad for me to say, but that was not the way I should have handled that. That's genuineness. That's the saying I want. And here's what I, I believe. When he says you're not going to enter the kingdom of God yelling at your kid that way, he's not saying you're not going to enter. He's saying he who began a work is going to complete it. So don't be satisfied with where you are. You have been saved, you're being saved, and you will be saved. Praise the Lord. Put on the full armor of God and know that we will be the righteousness of Christ. Amen. I could go on, but I'm going to keep going to our next shoes that are, that are ready with the gospel of peace. That gospel, that good news, you were created for a purpose. You were created to love God. You were created to love other people. But we're sinners. And we've got off track. And there's a road back, and it's called Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Download the Holy Spirit app. And watch the Lord work. Amen. Romans 1.16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I believe the world needs the gospel, amen? I'm concerned when churches say, I, I, don't, really, I don't really want to share the gospel too much. Why not? Did you forget it was good news? Look, we live in a fluent area. I, I know, I live a mile from here. Earthly riches are in are no substitute for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm going to move. Shield of faith. And I just want to say this, as you put on that shield of faith, I pray every day, Lord, help me live in faith, not fear. And I don't believe, when we have doubts, it's, it's evidence that we don't have faith. I think oftentimes our doubts are evidence that we're taking our faith serious. Amen? Like, 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 I have a ladder that's sitting there in my garage. If you said, do you have faith that that ladder will hold you up? Well, yeah, that's not a problem. But if I'm on the very top rung of it, I, I do a little bit more questioning. So, so, so as we move along, it's okay. Amen? I got this picture. Um, that's because that's how the Roman soldiers would go into war. Uh, a lot of times because they'd be throwing stuff down. And see how the shield of faith is a community thing, kind of? You get it? We're together. Let's encourage one another. You know, I think we lose some of our young people. They start doubting some things when they're, when they're 14. And there's no safe place to talk about those doubts. Helping them take up the shield of faith means being honest about the doubts they have. E, helmet of salvation. Put that... It's not only that you have been saved, it's that you are being saved and you will be saved. Amen? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man would boast, for you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. What's it say there? For good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is a big problem, I think, with some of the churches. They think that they can hire the pastor or the staff to do the, the Jesus living for them. Right? Right? You're called and equipped. So put on that helmet of salvation. Know what you were saved from and what you're saved for. Amen? I got to go quick here. Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
pray over the Word of God, get open in the Bible. And a lot of folks I find don't really know what it is to have, be in the Bible every day. There's some great tools. Again, I would point you to here to Northview. Ask them. You know, I, I want to get into the Word of God more. I want some tools that will help me understand it. Uh, fourth and the final point, and then I do have some application points, and then we'll be wrapped up here. Stay alert and pray in the Spirit. Um, I just want to say that you get, you get to know a lot of my weaknesses. I tend to worry too much. Anybody with me? Anybody in my tribe? And, and then I was told to pray, and then I worry I'm not praying enough. And I have this problem, when something happens, I tend to panic, and then I make my plan, and then I pray that God would bless my plan. Panic, plan, then pray. And the Lord keeps telling me, why don't you pray first, and then I'll help you with the plan. Praise the Lord. And we pray corporately together. Here's what he said, remember, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that, keep alert, with all perseverance, making supplication for who? All the saints. Oh, what would happen in our churches if before we criticized one another and attacked one another, we prayed for one another? It's really hurt me is when some people say, I'm gone, I'm never going to that church again. Really? One, one meeting, you froze them in their worst moment, and then you're done. Did you pray for them? And also for me, that words may be given to me, and opening my mouth boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful, thankful for Northview and just inviting me to the prayer time. Charles Spurgeon, the old Baptist minister, some of you know that name, said that a prayerless pew makes for a powerless pulpit. Now there's maybe some hyperbole there, but I think it's important that we're praying. So I pray that you'll pray for your pastors when they speak. Amen? Now, I'm going to get right into the application. You ready? Maybe, maybe your next step is to explore more about Christianity and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. There's great resources. I'm just going to point you to the North View folks and say, yeah, I want to, I want to discover. I want to look into it. Next the next step might be find forgiveness and new life in Jesus by turning from your sins and trusting him as your Lord and Savior. It's, it's so easy, just trust and turn. Say, I want to live differently, Lord. I want your forgiveness. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life, and I want your Holy Spirit to fill my life. Amen? Life's a lot easier if you download the Holy Spirit app. That's what I like to say. Next uh, possible step, daily put on the full armor of God and pray for the Holy Spirit's power to live and love like Jesus. We went really fast through these things, but just open this passage of Scripture this week, every morning, read over it, and just, Lord, help me be truthful. Help me be genuine. Help me put on your righteousness. Thank you for that. Help me remember that I'm saved by you, and are being saved, and will be saved. And give me feet ready with the gospel of peace. Not only that I know that I've been saved, but help me to share that with other people, Lord. The sword of the Spirit, help me to understand your word and apply it correctly. And, and, and help me to have that shield of faith. So maybe that's, that's your thing. Um, maybe your next step is to stop using the Bible and your Christian faith to attack others and start using it to lead them to Jesus. This is something. No. Understand that we're not against people because they sinned. We're for them against their sins. Somebody else said that, and I liked it, so I say it. 
It's same thing with ourselves. We're not, we're not against ourselves when we're sin. We're, we're, we know that God's for us against those and we want, we want to live differently. So maybe that's the, that's the next step. And the last thing, and then I'll wrap it up with this, is maybe God is saying something different to you today. Uh, the praise team can come now and we're going we're gonna to close in a song, I believe. But what is God saying to you? Here's what I found. Borrowed convictions have no power. Borrowed faith has no power. There's a problem in the church when, I'm doing that because the pastor told me to do it. No, do it because the Holy Spirit told you to do it when you heard the word. If there's anything the Lord spoke to you through today's passage, can I encourage you to do it? And just talk about it. Forget all those things that, that, that you didn't get or, or, or didn't apply to you. What is it the Holy Spirit spoke to you? Will you take that step? Would you take you just, just an old card and say, be, opening and hearing this word today, Lord, I will, with your help, and then just fill in the blank and do it in community with one another. Thank you for letting me share.